Today, I'm announcing that I am not running for president. Oh. Well, that's a nice change of pace. I'm not running either. Just to be clear. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. As far as I know. I got the feeling that something ain't right. Maybe I'll change my mind. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Okay, I'll run. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. I'm running for president. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Of Venezuela. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and in Eureka on KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ in Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX, Goldendale, Washington's KVGD, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on the great AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much. For joining us today, uh, when things are busy, Desi Doyen, but only at 11. Where only, things are only turned up to 11 today. Oh, okay. As opposed to it turned up to like 1,000. Well, yes. <laughs> like I they mean, they generally they're, you know, 12, 13. Uh, but so, you know, barring any hugely insane breaking news with things only at 11, maybe we can try to get caught up on a few other things that I have, uh, that I had to throw overboard yesterday uh, or otherwise give too short shrift to. Maybe we'll see. Because uh, there has been uh, quite a bit of news over just the past hour. Uh, so let's start with some 2020 news, shall we? U.S. Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon, as you heard at the top there, has decided not, not to enter the increasingly crowded race for the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination after months of consideration. Merkley told the Associated Press that the large field of Democratic contenders for the White House was not a major factor in his decision, nor, he says, was an Oregon law that prevents him from being on the ballot for more than one elected office in any given year. Merkley uh, is otherwise up for re-election in Oregon this year. I should say next year, I guess. Uh, feels like this year uh, for what would be his third term as the state's junior U.S. senator. Merkley said he decided he would be more effective running for his third term in the Senate than being a candidate for the presidency. He says he aims to fight anti-democracy moves, including voter suppression, gerrymandering and dark money. Well, thank you very much for that, Senator. 
Uh, and thank you, perhaps most, because uh, yours is the only election reform bill in the U.S. Senate that I'm aware of that would assure every voter in America is offered the option to vote on a hand-marked paper ballot. Not just a paper ballot, but a hand-marked paper ballot. I'm not sure why the other reform bills in the Senate uh, don't ensure that. Yes, I'm talking to you and, and your bill, Amy Klobuchar, up in uh, Minnesota. Though, uh, happily, the massive elections and ethics reform bill in the U.S. House, H.R. 1, would allow every voter to vote overseeably and transparently with a hand-marked paper ballot if that bill ever gets any traction to pass in the U.S. Senate someday. It's kind of uh, amusing that Merkley actually made a video. I'm not going to play the video, but uh, that he chose to make a video to announce that he's not running Well, you know, the kids, president. they like the video. They like the video. I guess so. But to say you're not running? Well, they're not going to read an article, so maybe they'll watch a video. Stop talking down to millennials, not. Desi I think Doyen. it's awesome that Merkley's office has Old figured lady. out how to reach uh-huh. more demographics. Okay. Merkley uh, said that he also wants to focus on helping families by improving health care, education and access to living wage jobs and on stemming climate change. And thank you for that as well, Senator. He says these are the things we have to uh, that we feel we have to take on. We have to take them on boldly and aggressively. He expressed guarded optimism that Democrats might might regain control of the Senate in 2020. If the House were to impeach Trump, he says the Senate would act as a jury in a trial overseen by the chief justice of the Supreme Court. And then Merkley would have a seat in the juror box, something that he indicated he anticipates happening. Really? Cool. Uh, He said the House has the responsibility of taking the first step as a future juror. Let me just withhold my thoughts until the House has acted, and I have a responsibility to play that role in the Senate. Well, hmm, that's an interesting insight. We may have a little bit more on that later. Uh, also, someone else announcing that they are not running today. Michael Bloomberg will not run for president in 2020. The former New York City mayor announced in a column that he would not be running he acknowledged he should have used a video to reach those young people that you hate, Desi Doyen. Bloomberg acknowledged, quote, the difficulty of winning the Democratic nomination in such a crowded field. So that did scare him off, it sounds like. And he said that the best way for him to help the country would be to double down on his efforts to fight uh, climate change and gun violence. Kind of got to agree with him there especially with the loads of money that he has to put into both efforts. I'll take it, and uh, and I'll welcome his money uh, in this, which he says he's going to use to support Democrats and these other causes, so that's good. However, he, he also cautioned that allowing the Democratic uh, primary process to, quote, drag the party to an extreme could help Trump win, whatever that means, could help Trump win re-election, echoing a sentiment expressed by fellow billionaire centrist Howard Schultz, uh, who we don't know if he's running or not at this point. Do we care? I don't know. 
Also uh, not running today, someone who you may be even more familiar with, Hillary Clinton says she will not run for president in 2020. Yes, there was actually some small amount of buzz that she might be considering that. But uh, she put that to an end today, it sounds like. Uh, the former Secretary of State, Senator, and First Lady ruled out another campaign during an interview with New York TV station News 12. Clinton said, I'm going to keep on working and speaking and standing up for what I believe. She says, what's at stake in our country, the kind of things that are happening right now are deeply troubling to me. Yes, to me too. She says she has spoken with several of the candidates who are seeking the Democratic presidential nomination and has told them, quote, don't take anything for granted, even though we have a long list of real problems and broken promises from the Trump administration. Well, that sounds like very good advice to not take anything for granted from the former first lady, the former U.S. senator, the former secretary of state and the former Democratic presidential nominee. I hope she also encouraged every single one of those campaigns to ensure that they are enabling strict security practices and protocols for their emails. I all guess. Of it. Yeah, all of the above. Yeah, I don't know that they have much control, unfortunately, of the elections. That's going to be left up to we the people to fight like hell to see uh, to make sure that results are accurately tallied. But, yes, the courts do play a part, and the candidates uh, who stand up and make noise fighting for voting rights uh, certainly don't hurt. So Merkley and Bloomberg and Clinton all joined former Attorney General Eric Holder, who yesterday announced that he would not be running, which seems to be bigger news these days than a, Dem than a Democrat announcing that they are running, given how many of them are doing so. Well, you did ask for all the Democrats not running to please raise, raise their, their hand. Raise their hand. I did, and now they're starting to do it. Uh, two more Democrats, however, did jump into the 2020 race over the last few days, and we will discuss their environmental records and more in our upcoming Green News report a little bit later today with Desi Doyen. Yep. Uh, also, by way of warning, uh, we may include a few clips from the weekend's unhinged CPAC, a so-called Conservative Political Action Conference in Washington, D.C., in our latest GNR. So fair warning for any children in the room or car. <laughs> Just a way I like to be let, let people know. Yeah. However, we won't be playing any clips from Trump and his two-hour-long unbalanced rant at that same conference. So... You're, You're welcome. welcome, yeah, to both adults and the children in the room or the car. Uh, in other election-related news today, perhaps this is the best news that you may hear from me all day. Perhaps even all year. This came, this is an, uh, I got this um, via email, an email tip to bradcast at bradblog.com from a listener who is a news anchor at a Midwest radio station that shamefully does not carry the Bradcast. So... I, I won't mention their name. In any event, the tip is greatly appreciated, uh, so I won't hold it against him. Election officials in a southwestern Indiana county are expected to consider whether to save money by not using voting machines during an upcoming primary vote. Knox County, Indiana County Clerk David Shelton tells the Vincennes Sun commercial that going, quote, old school and using paper ballots 
would save nearly $1,500 that would typically be spent to program voting machines for this single-race city council primary with two Democratic candidates set for May 7. Shelton is proposing, now sit down because you might need something to, to write on here so you can, it's a complicated procedure. So what he's proposing here is that the county, according to AP, make ballots that include the names of the candidates running in Vincennes District Number 1, and voters, quote, will just make their mark on the ballot with a pen. That's shockingly complicated. You got that? So the candidates are on the paper ballot, and then voters make their mark. I hope they'll I hope they'll be able to do this. I hope they remember. I mean, picking up a pen? We'll have to have quite a bit of education before the election. It's not until May 7th. Uh, but then it gets even more complicated. As they report here, following the election, Shelton says the votes would then be hand-counted, you know, by human beings, publicly. They'll take the two candidates, and then in one stack, they'll put one of the candidates, and then the other stack, they'll put the other candidates, and then they'll count them, and then they will know who won. With everybody watching. Yeah. It is complicated, but uh, I think it's a good idea. Now, Shelton estimates that about 75 voters will cast ballots. So I don't know. Maybe they need to spend, you know, 1500 bucks to program touchscreen voting machines uh, for, for, for those 75 voters. In any event, the election board meets on Thursday to discuss the issue as well as the upcoming election. So I hope they can work out the details as they uh, as they discuss this. So there, so there you go. There's our good news for the day and maybe the year. Maybe hand-counted paper ballot. You know, and I can never understand when we have these special elections where you've got one lousy race on the ballot, why you have to program all of these computers, these scanners. You got one race, two candidates. How hard is it to hand-count those races at the end of the night? That race, you just put, you know, put all the votes for candidate A over here, all the votes for candidate B over here. Then you count the two stacks. But anyway, then the voting machine companies wouldn't make their money, and that's uh, often more important here. Okay, more election-related news and election board-related news. This is a race that could and should also be counted by hand on hand make, uh, hand-marked paper ballots, but won't be, I'm sure, even though there will only be one race on the ballot, probably. North Carolina's bipartisan State Board of Elections on Monday set dates for the redo of the congressional election that it ordered last week, I think, after uh, unanimously finding that the results of the November 2018 vote in the state's 9th congressional district, district were tainted by a Republican absentee ballot fraud scandal. The new primary election date that we now have for the 9th District will uh, will be on May 14, according to the election board. The general election will be held on September 10. If, if, so, okay, the primary is in May. One race, one House race, primary is in May, and then the actual election doesn't occur until September in the meantime, uh, the good folks of the 9th Congressional District in North Carolina have no representation in the House. But I guess this is the rules in North Carolina when it comes to dates and how long you know there must be between the primary and the actual election. Now, the general election will be held September 10, but that's only if no second primary is needed 
on that date. There might need to be a second primary if no candidate receives more than 30 percent of the vote. If there's a second primary, then the general election would take place on November 5 of this year, just one day shy of a full year since the Republicans tried to steal the last election in last November, November 6th of 2018. Washington Post notes that the state elections board executive director Kim Strack told the election board on Monday afternoon the schedule would allow plenty of time for state election officials to spend on the ground in Bladen and Robeson counties in order to, quote, make sure people are educated about the rules surrounding absentee balloting, given the uh, scandal that kept the previous election from November from ever being certified. This race, of course, is the country's last unsettled congressional contest from 2018. The State Board of Elections ordered a new vote late last month after a four-day hearing during which it heard evidence of what election officials called a well-funded campaign to tip the election by a political operative working for Republican House candidate Mark Harris in the 9th District. Harris had hired this man even after knowing about the operative's history of fraud in previous elections. That, according to Harris's own son, who stunned the room when he took the stand about, uh, during that hearing about two weeks ago. Residents of at least two counties in the district said that a guy by the name of Leslie McCray Dallas and his paid workers collected incomplete absentee ballots and in some instances falsely signed as witnesses on those ballots after filling in Republican votes for contests that the voters had left blank. They're not supposed to pick up these ballots at all, according to North Carolina law. Dallas, in turn, was arrested and charged last week with about seven different felony counts. And the prosecutor has said there could be more charges in this case. So uh, Republican Mark Harris is not uh, out of uh, out of hot water just yet in that regard. Uh, he has citing health concerns. Harris uh, said that uh, he will not run again for the seat. And you can hear all the Republicans breathing a sigh of relief. Uh, he had led d the Democrat in the race, Dan McCready, by 905 votes out of more than 280,000 ballots that were cast on November 6th. But election officials refused to certify him the winner because of the fraud allegations. The uh, Democrat McCready, a Marine veteran and businessman who got screwed by the GOP fraud last November, has declared that he will, in fact, uh, be running again. Several Republicans are expected to run for the the GOP nomination now that for some reason they are be being given a second bite at the apple, uh, even though they cheated the first time. McCready is is said to be considering uh, a challenge to the idea of a new primary. And he's right. Frankly, why should Republicans get to try again here? They already had a shot at it. Their candidate cheated. Oh, so we'll find someone else who won't cheat a year later. So why, why should they get to try again? Much less force McCready to spend money on another primary race. If a Democrat wants to get in, then he'll have to spend money on a primary race that he already won. Only one uh, Republican has officially declared so far, Union County Commissioner Stoney Rushing, 
who was endorsed by Harris when uh, when Harris announced that he was not going to be running. So frankly, Stony rushing, uh, he should lose simply on the toxic uh, tarnish. The toxic taint. The toxic taint that uh, of, of that endorsement alone. Uh, but rushing, Stony rushing, also has an interesting past that may come to haunt him in this do-over election. Uh, this guy is uh, the Stony rushing guy. He is a real peach. Uh, uh, Jeff Singer, reporting over at uh, Daily Coast last night, explained it's unlikely that national Republicans will want to nominate someone who can be tied to Harris, but Rushing may have his own issues. So he's suggesting that Rushing may not even get the nomination. It depends on who else runs, which nobody else has yet declared. But uh, Rushing may have his own issues. Singer notes that on Sunday, Rushing posted to Facebook that he'd Quote, had a very nice reporter from Washington ask me about my sexual history today. I made a deal with him and I will make it to others in the media. So the deal, according to Rushing, is that he'd, quote, give an exclusive interview about my sexual history from loss of virginity to today to the reporter who can get Dan McCready to answer these three questions. And then he had questions about the questions were about McCready's support for abortion rights, the Green New Deal, and something about an alleged tip regarding the board's election fraud investigation. So Singer asks what led Rushing to put forward this bizarre challenge concerning his sexual history. Well, he cites uh, what he describes as the jaw-dropping story on all of this in uh, a, a Popular Information. That's a new outlet run by Jed Legum, formerly of Think Progress. And Legum writes that in 2015, Rushing filed a complaint on behalf of his preteen daughter accusing a woman of stalking her and requesting a no-contact order. Rushing provided few details, though, and in court he admitted that he'd had an affair with that woman. Rushing is married to a different woman. Rushing also had little evidence to support his accusations that the woman had stalked his daughter, something that he admitted after insisting on taking the matter to trial. The judge soon dismissed the case. The woman's attorney told Legum that he believed uh, Rushing went to court in the first place because he wanted political cover for the affair that he was having with that woman. And then he went about uh, trying to depict her as a, quote, psycho stalker. In an interview with Legum, Rushing then said he'd uh, he'd sought this no contact order because he thought the woman was, quote, saying things about my daughter he did not elaborate and instead claimed that the judge had ordered him to not talk about it, which Legum says is actually false. Rushing also refused to say that uh, to say if he had an affair with the woman, but would uh, but would give popular information and exclusive in for interview about, quote, everyone I had sex with from virginity to today, if they'd asked McCready uh, about those uh, about those questions. Uh, so uh, Legum then uh, says that uh, Rushing then ended the interview and immediately posted that challenge to Facebook. So that's who the Republicans, at least for now, have lined up. Yeah, really, for the Mulligan uh, 2018 election contest. 
to be held in 2019 at some point in North Carolina's 9th U.S. House District. And that's the candidate, by the way, who Mark Harris tainted with the toxic taint of fraud who dropped out or said he won't run again after he was involved in fraud in his previous election. That's who he has endorsed. And remember, Mark Harris is a preacher, a Baptist minister. North Carolina GOP. Stay classy, guys. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, some other quick news out of uh, out of North Carolina. A, uh, a trial judge will not delay enforcement of his ruling. This is a federal court judge. Uh, his ruling from last week that voided constitutional amendments that were approved by North Carolina voters Back in November, that would have required photo ID voting restrictions and would lower the cap on income tax rates in the state constitution. I'm sorry, did I say federal judge? This is a state judge. Is a state judge, a state uh, uh, a trial, essentially. Wake County Superior Court Judge Brian Collins last week denied the request from Republican legislative leaders to block his own order from the previous week while they appeal the substance of his decision. Senate leader Phil Berger's office said GOP legislators would legislators would now seek uh, seek a stay to the order from the Court of Appeals. Now, what Judge Collins did, if you missed our conversation about it, he invalidated the legislation that created these referendums uh, and the approved amendments. So the legislature, unable, even with a super Republican supermajority in both houses in North Carolina, they kept passing these voter suppression laws, including a photo ID voting restriction. And they kept getting knocked down by the courts, by the state courts and the federal courts. And the state court found that uh, it, it was not uh, constitutional according to the state constitution. So before the Republicans lost their supermajority in the state legislature last year, at the end of last year, they passed this legislation to put these uh, referendums on the ballot one of them was to uh, for these photo ID restrictions, and they passed by big numbers. But the judge in this case wrote that the Gen General Assembly that fashioned those amendments last year was illegally constituted because lawmakers were elected from districts that have been found to have been illegal racial gerrymanders as confirmed by the U.S. Supreme Court. Yes, the Republicans in the state illegally gerrymandered the state. And before new maps or new elections could be held, the Republicans went and rushed to you know, get this measure into the state constitution. But the makeup of the legislature, the judge found, was illegitimate. So they had no right to place a state constitutional amendment on the ballot, which is very difficult uh, to overturn. It requires three-fifths of both state chambers when you're dealing with a, a constitutional amendment uh, in the state of North Carolina. And um, arguably, they would not have had that kind of majority had they not uh, had this unlawful racial, racially gerrymandered districts in the state, which have not yet been rolled back. Now, Republicans contend that uh, the judge's reasoning here would jeopardize dozens of actual laws, but the judge only found the constitutional amendments to be invalid. 
not actual laws that was passed by the body, and that either strengthens or weakens his case. I don't know. But for now, uh, you know, because in one sense he's saying, well, this is only for these amendments, not the laws. I'm not undoing everything here. On the other hand, if they were unconstitutionally gerrymandered districts, why should they be allowed to pass laws either? So I don't know if that argument strengthens or weakens the judge's case, but he is sticking by it. Um, He means business, and he's standing by that ruling. We'll see if a higher state court feels otherwise and perhaps overturns that ruling. I will note here that the North Carolina State Supreme Court, just to give you an idea of how gerrymandered the state is, you know, in order to get a supermajority for Republicans in both houses of the of the state legislature, as the GOP had until losing it in last November's election, the state Supreme Court, while while the, the House and the Senate had supermajorities for Republicans, the state Supreme Court, whose judges are elected statewide, that's the makeup of the Supreme Court is six to one Democratic. So, uh, you know, even though the GOP was able to gerrymander supermajorities for themselves in both houses uh, until this year, they were not able to gerrymander the uh, statewide Supreme Court elections where the voters of North Carolina have chosen six Democrats over one Republican. So we will see as uh, that order uh, to block that amendment, that voter suppression amendment in particular, uh, hopefully it remains blocked. Uh, all the way up to the state Supreme Court, but I'm not sure. Uh, all right, one more here before we go to a break here, uh, just because we're talking about fraud and, uh, well, GOP election fraud. The North Carolina, uh, this is, that's the, the North Carolina case is not the only case of GOP election fraud right now regarding the U.S. House that is currently under investigation. Now, again, this is not voter fraud. This is election fraud. Again, the voters have not done anything wrong here, despite the fact that North Carolina went to all of that effort to pass a photo ID restriction because they are pretending that they have to keep voter fraud from happening at the polls, even though what they're trying to do is keep voting from happening at the polls, (laughs) specifically voting by Democratic-leaning voters. So, uh, again, another case, not voter fraud. This is election fraud. Months after this uh, uh, investigation was open, the ballot fraud investigation in Virginia of former Congressman Scott Taylor's unsuccessful reelection campaign is continuing, according to the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Roanoke Commonwealth's attorney Don Caldwell, the special prosecutor appointed to look into the matter, told the paper that the investigation is continuing. He said, I will have no further comment. But that means it is continuing. A state judge had appointed Caldwell last August after several voters in Virginia's second congressional district said that their names and signatures had mysteriously appeared on petition sheets to get an independent congressional candidate onto the 2018 ballot in Virginia's second district, but without the permission of those people who were signed on to 
get this uh, independent candidate on the ballot. So their names were on this petition to get an independent candidate. They don't recall signing it. But they never signed it. it. Yeah. Wow. Well, right. They, they don't recall signing it. I suppose they could have signed it and just forgot, except that uh, the petition sheets included the signatures uh, of actually four dead people who I'm pretty sure did not actually sign those petitions on account of being dead. So uh, the the people who collected the fraudulent signatures, as it turns out, were actually paid staffers on Taylor's campaign, on the Republican congressman's campaign. So his paid staffers went out and basically uh, faked up, forged, Uh, Petition signatures from dead people, from people who were otherwise uh, living there at some point to try to get this independent congressional candidate on uh, onto the ballot in order to dilute the vote share of uh, Taylor's Democratic challenger, who, by the way, is now freshman Congresswoman Elaine Luria in Virginia. So the scheme did not work. But uh, the criminal investigation continues. Continues. It does. The Republican is out of a job and may be facing charges. We'll see. TPM reported exclusively in August last year that uh, Congressman Taylor, then again a sitting congressman, had personally called the first person who had accused his campaign of forgery. This would be local Democratic volunteer Lindsey Terry, uh, and he tried to pressure her to take back her allegations. He sort of he threatened her with lawsuits said that they know where she lived because they drove by her house. This is the kind of guy this uh, Scott Taylor is. Turns out that Terry uh, had known one of the women who supposedly signed the petition because she had been her next door neighbor. But that woman had moved to Las Vegas years earlier Mm. uh, before her name and and old address showed up on the petition for this so-called independent candidate. So Terry refused to back down uh, or remove the accusations that she had posted online. Uh, and then she told state investigators about the call from uh, from now former Congressman Scott Taylor. So that investigation continues. I thought I'd just remind you that that one is, is still hanging out there. And like Mark Harris in North Carolina, there could be another top GOP elected uh, official or candidate indicted on election fraud in the days ahead. All right. Speaking of trouble for Republicans, we'll come back and talk about uh, some of Donald Trump's troubles. In case you haven't heard about that, uh, all of that is straight ahead. Plus, Desi Doyen and the GNR. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us out today. I always feel like somebody's watching. 
man, I hope Donald Trump is feeling like that now. Because now, finally, somebody is watching Donald Trump. Uh, or at least trying to uh, get to that in a moment. A, a strong majority of voters believe that President Trump has committed crimes before he became president. And a plurality believe that he committed crimes since his inauguration. According to a new survey from the very reputable Quinnipiac University, their latest poll finds that a whopping 64 percent of American voters believe that Trump committed crimes before he became president, with just 24 percent saying that he did not. That includes one third of Republicans. Those numbers are even higher than Trump's disapproval rating in the poll, where uh, fully 55 percent of voters disapprove of Trump's job performance, while only 38 percent approve, according to the poll. So if I'm if I got my math here correctly, 55 percent of voters disapprove of the job that Trump is doing. Sixty four percent believe that Trump committed crimes before he became president. So it sounds like there are uh, about 10 percent of the public who believes that Donald Trump committed crimes, but they think he's doing a great job as president. They're fine with that. I Actually, guess. I'm not surprised <laughs> by that at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have not seen any sense that uh, most uh, at least a certain segment of Republican voters have any issue with a presidential candidate who's a Republican who does these kinds of he things have, as long as he does what they want him exactly. to do. He may have office. committed crimes, but uh, but he's doing a great job as president. No problem there. Thanks for the tax cut, criminal. So, But that's an astonishing number. For president of the United States, that 64% of voters actually think he's an actual criminal? Just incredible. Uh, voters are more divided on the question of whether or not Trump committed crimes during his presidency with... Uh, a plurality responding yes, 45% plurality saying yes, 43% saying no. Of those surveyed, 50% say they believe Michael Cohen, uh, who detailed alleged crimes committed by Trump during his testimony last week, uh, more than they believe the president. As he enters his uh, third year of his presidency, 65% of Americans Say Trump is not honest. 65%. That includes 25% of Republicans. That is his worst grade ever on that particular character trait, according to Quinnipiac. The uh, numbers are bleak for the president, but not yet a total disaster. A strong majority of voters, and this is perhaps the most surprising here, a strong majority of voters in the poll also say that Congress should not begin impeachment proceedings against Donald Trump. 59% say they should not start impeachment proceedings. Just 35% say they should. Uh, that even though voters believe Michael Cohen over Donald Trump by a 15-point margin in the poll. Uh, and by another strong majority, 58 to 35 percent, voters say uh, Congress should further investigate Cohn's claims about Trump. So they're in favor of the investigation, just not yet in favor of an actual impeachment. Now, if only 45 percent think that he committed crimes during his presidency and only 35 percent believe that he should impeach, well, that may be because we have... We've had two years of both chambers of Congress doing absolutely nothing, no oversight of this out-of-control, unprecedentedly corrupt presidency. 
But that's now changing with the Democratic majority in the U.S. House elected in 2018. Thank you very much, voters. Uh, And it's changing pretty quickly at this point. Uh, Since we had to give it short shrift yesterday with so much news to cover coming in from over the weekend, etc., I just wanted to take a step back here for a second to give you a sense, really still just a small sense of this huge news that happened on Monday uh, that we had about three minutes to cover. Now, Trump knows damn well this is getting bad for him. You can tell by his uh, panicked tweets this morning and some comments he made later in the day. Uh, this morning, he took to uh, Twitter to call this um, this uh, ramped up effort uh, to uh, investigate he, him and his administration and his associates and so forth. He called it a, quote, big fat fishing expedition. The tweet says the greatest overreach in the history of our country. The Dems are obstructing justice and will not get anything done. Got that? It's Democrats who are obstructing justice here. Now, when he was accused of uh, colluding with Russians, remember, he said, well, the real collusion is Hillary Clinton and uh, colluding with the Russians. Now, now that he's being uh, accused of obstruction of justice, it's the Democrats who are doing the real obstruction of justice. So this is kind of like a presidential version of, you know, I know you are, but what am I? Correct. It's the I know you are, but what am I defense? So he said it's a big fat fishing expedition desperately in search of a crime when, in fact, the real crime is what the Dems are doing. I know you are, but what am I? Uh, What the what the Dems are doing and have done. And then he adds uh, in all caps presidential harassment. Now, Jane Mayer wrote a really long must-read article at The New Yorker uh, yesterday that I was up until about 2 a.m. last night reading on how the White House and Fox News have become sort of codependent on each other and really virtually interchangeable at this point. She also highlighted some of the irony describing the investigations of Trump as presidential harassment given the years that were spent uh, by Republicans and Fox News, etc., investigating the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton on things like Benghazi with absolutely nothing to show for it, uh, even as Fox has served as the only defense really at this point that Donald Trump has. So Fox is describing investigations of this sitting wildly corrupt president now as presidential harassment. Poor dears, which uh, therefore Donald Trump is repeating it on his Twitter feed. And then during a signing ceremony for an executive order today that uh, White House, uh, the White House said that this executive order would lay out a national roadmap to empower veterans and end veteran suicide. Well, that's good. But at the signing ceremony, Trump focused instead on the investigation into his and his associates behavior said that this investigation is, quote, a disgrace to our country. He said instead of doing health care, instead of doing so many things that they should be doing, they want to play games. He says he would rather, quote, see them do legislation. I bet he would. Uh, But they want to focus on nonsense, he said. So let's review just a, a bit of what Democrats in the U.S. House Judiciary Committee are now asking for in their massive document request on Monday to more than 80 Trump associates, companies, organizations, family members and institutions 
in their invest. I mean, in their presidential harassment and nonsense. Uh, talking points memo unleashed. What is this here? This must be more than twenty different stories uh, last night uh, with with headlines that all began with the same words: Dems request docs on. Dot, 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 detailing just some of the just some of the documents uh, for oversight that Congress uh, has not obtained over the past two years while Republicans have been in charge. So now Democrats are requesting it in the uh, U.S. House Judiciary Committee. It is like, frankly, a trip through memory lane of the last uh, two years, just looking at the headlines for these articles. So uh, so in, in hopes that you may be better prepared for what will be coming in the days and months ahead. And again, this is just part of what House Judiciary Democrats did on Monday and their efforts in that committee is just part of. Uh, the overall investigation by Democrats in Congress because there's a whole bunch of other committees that are making similar requests and looking into uh, other elements of all of this. And then, of course, you add on top of that Special Counsel Robert Mueller and the Southern District of New York, federal prosecutors there. All right, so some of the Dems request docs on Stories at TPM. Dems request docs on Manafort and Gates's contacts with Ukrainians and Russians. Well, that's going back quite a while. Democrats, uh, Dems request docs on contacts between Trump World and Qatar, Qatar, Saudis and UAE. And this one seems to be focusing on Jared Kushner and his deals with those uh, Arab nations. Dems request docs on June 2016 Trump Tower meeting and Trump Jr. statement covering it up. Now, these are again, these are documents that Congress should have had uh, two years ago, and they're only now being requested by the Democrats now that they have the majority. Dems request docs on contacts with WikiLeaks and Julian Assange during the 2016 campaign. Dems request docs on Trump's off-record summits with Putin while in office. Remember those uh, summit meetings where nobody was taking notes, nobody was allowed in the room other than the translator, and then after the meeting, Donald Trump demanded the translator give uh, the notes, give the translator's notes to him? What were they talking about? Where are those notes? Dems request docs on Trump campaign potentially exchanging info with foreign governments. Dems request docs on potential Trump pardons for targets in Mueller probe. And there's been some questions over the past 24 hours or so about uh, whether a uh, whether a, a pardon was dangled to Michael Cohen early on in the investigation in order to keep him from doing what he did last week. Uh, singing on the president, essentially. Dems request docs on domestic and foreign gifts to Trump, Ivanka, Jared, and the inaugural committee. Dems request docs on appointment of Whitaker, Matt Whitaker, as the acting attorney general, uh, supposedly to uh, help uh, stop the uh, Mueller investigation in some uh, in some way. Dems request docs on Cohen's false testimony to Congress and whether it was coordinated with Trump lawyers. Dems request docs on foreign contributions to Trump inaugural committee. 
foreign contributions. That's right, to the Trump inaugural committee. Now, all of these things, again, who knows what we'll find in, in the documents. Maybe there is nothing there. But the fact that we are two years into this presidency and only now is Congress bothering to ask about all of these things, each and every one of them, could otherwise be a, uh, you know, a, a crime that might bring any other president down. And I'm only halfway through the list. Dems request docs on contacts between Russian officials and Trump campaign. Dems request docs on Russian financing of Trump organization and of Trump family members. Dems request docs on Michael Cohn's $1 million deal with a Russian oligarch's American cousin. I don't even know if I know about that one. Yeah. Dems request docs on attempts to secure Trump Tower Moscow deal before during the uh, uh, 2016 election that Michael Cohn had lied about with the uh, approval of Trump's lawyers, according to Cohn. Dems request docs on hush money payments to women. And AMI's, uh, that's uh, American Media Inc., uh, National Enquirer's catch and kill agreement. Dems request docs on potential deal over sanctions on Russia. Dems request docs on Trump pressuring Comey to drop probes and Comey's abrupt firing. Dems request docs on how Trump administration handled Michael Flynn's lies and his firing. Michael Flynn, the Flynn, the first national security advisor who lasted just a few weeks uh, and has since uh, pled guilty to lying to federal investigators about his contacts with foreign agents and operatives, Dems requests docs on Trump t trying to fire uh, Jeff Sessions and other FBI DOJ officials and uh, recusal issues related. Dems request docs on potential changes to the Ukraine plank of the 2016 GOP platform. So just a little reminder uh, a trip back through memory lane yeah. of the last two years. No kidding. Uh, and uh, we're going to see maybe documentation on all of this. Democrats have given uh, all of these folks to whom they have requested documents two weeks to turn them over, after which uh, they may start subpoena procedures if they don't turn them over. And remember, that is just some of what uh, Democrats are currently investigating. For, exa uh, for example, uh, Gerald Nadler who heads the House Judiciary Committee, who, which made these requests and which uh, where impeachment hearings would start. Uh, he says that he and the Judiciary Committee are for now leaving counterintelligence related matters to Adam Schiff's investigation over in the U.S. House Intelligence Committee. And then there are banking issues in the Finance Committee being looked at. And the tax returns are over on the in the Ways and Means Committee. So just wanted to give you that uh, quick backgrounder there on what we may be looking at in the uh, days and months ahead. Uh, it's simply extraordinary. No, it is not a witch hunt. No, it is not presidential harassment. It is, however, congressional oversight of the type that we should have seen over the past two years. Thankfully, we're now seeing it. Quick break, and we're back with Desi Doyne in the Green News Report. On the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial.
Five major corporations now control more than 80 percent of the media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100 percent independent, 100 percent listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. You can make a difference. Support independent media. Drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Stop the world, we're melting for Desi Doyen and our latest Green News Report. I would, I would describe the damage that, that we have seen in the area as catastrophic. Heartbreaking tragedy as powerful tornadoes rip across Alabama. Down Under shatters its record for hottest summer ever. Plus, our country's next mission must be to rise up to the most urgent challenge of our time defeating climate change. The 2020 Democratic presidential race keeps growing with pledges to act on climate change. All of those pledges and more straight ahead. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. They want to take away your hamburgers. This is what Stalin dreamt about. (laughs) Well, Sebastian Gorka must have read a different Green New Deal than I did. Wow. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, the far-right extremist Republicans at CPAC over the weekend were just insane even as a tornado was ripping across Alabama. Yes, it's really strange. Republicans seem to be increasingly panicked about the Democrats' Green New Deal resolution to create millions of jobs by addressing climate change with the speed and scope scientists say is necessary to avoid catastrophe. Well, in Gorka's case, he's no longer in the White House. He's just out there being a propaganda shill. But Mark Meadows, a a senior Republican in the U.S. House of Representatives, had this to say. You know, with this Green New Deal, they're trying to get rid of all the cows. But I've got good news. Chick-fil-A stock will go way up because we're going to be eating more chicken. All right. I mean, so. uh, Wow. They're trying to get rid of all the cows. Yeah. That's what the quality of their commentary is. I guess it is. But on to the real news. Heartbreaking tragedy in Lee County, Alabama, after at least two tornadoes struck on Sunday. One, a powerful EF4 tornado that killed at least 23 people, including children as young as six. Now, while it is not unusual for that region to see tornadoes this early in March, climate scientists have documented a growing trend in the southeastern U.S. that clusters of tornadoes do seem to be occurring more frequently and that the number of tornadoes that occur per outbreak also seems to be increasing. And the intensity of these storms, this tornado was anywhere from a half a mile to a mile wide and stayed on the ground for many miles. And that extreme weather is continuing around the world. In Australia, they just shattered their record for the hottest summer nationally, breaking its previous record for the hottest summer ever recorded, set in 2013. Australia's Bureau of Meteorology predicts more heat extremes are in store due to man 
man-made global warming. But wait, there is more. At least nine other nations also broke their all-time daily and monthly February high temperature records last month, which scientists say would have been extremely unlikely to have happened without global warming. Yeah, but we could all pretend that Democrats want to ban cows, so there's that. In the meantime, in politics, the Republican-controlled U.S. Senate confirmed former coal lobbyist Andrew Wheeler late last week in the U.S. Senate to be the official Trump Environmental Protection Agency administrator, formally replacing scandal-plagued Scott Pruitt. As acting EPA chief, Wheeler has been busy rolling back numerous pollution standards and delaying setting rules for toxic pesticides and cancer-causing chemicals in the nation's water supply. Well, it sounds like he's doing a fine job replacing Scott Pruitt. And the 2020 Democratic presidential race keeps growing. Former Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper and current Washington State Governor Jay Inslee have both officially announced they are running for the Democratic presidential nomination. All of the official Democratic candidates so far accept the science of man-made climate change and the necessity for action, but they differ on how. Hickenlooper says he believes he can heal the nation's political divisions. Divisions keeping us from addressing big issues like climate change and the soaring costs of of healthcare. But Colorado progressives criticized Hickenlooper's environmental record, saying he is too friendly to the state's very powerful oil and gas industry and allowed it to run roughshod over communities. Of course, I'm wondering where he stands on the Democratic proposal to ban all cows. Now, Washington State's Democratic Governor Jay Inslee wants to be the climate change candidate, citing surging economic gains and clean energy jobs in his state on Monday. Inslee said the U.S. must lead the world in solving climate change. We need a president who will say this. Uh, America is going to defeat climate change. It is our destiny. And we will do this. Well, we need a president who will not only say that, but who will actually do that. I think it's easier said than done, Governor. And I will say that the debate over the Green New Deal among Republicans and within the Democratic Party has generated more discussion about climate change on TV over the last month than I would say over the last five years. Yeah, it'll be nice if Inslee making that his top priority actually means we'll have a debate and a discussion about this throughout the campaign. Indeed. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. I never did believe them scientists anyhow. Now we can blame the cows. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sure Thank you very much, Desi Doyen. Yep. Our producer, thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. You can drop me an email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the bradblog. See you there. Also, my thanks to those who stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help Desi and me stay on your public airwaves uh, every day. Thank you. Bradblog.com slash donate. All right, we got to get out. Uh, we got to get out of here. So uh, let's play it out with a little bit more of Victoria Parks from our great affiliate in Columbus, Ohio, WGRN. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Now we can blame the cows. Now we can blame the cows.
Scientists in 